I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 396 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest for you guys today. Lou Dobbs is the host of the number one news program on business television, Lou Dobbs Tonight on Fox Business where he breaks down the day's top stories and how they impact the economy. He was named TV's premier business news anchorman by the Wall Street Journal. He's won several major awards for television journalism. He's a graduate of Harvard University with a degree in economics, so you know he knows his stuff. He just released a new book titled The Trump Century, How Our President Changed the Course of History Forever. The link to the book is down there in today's show notes. It's a big honor for me to have him on the podcast today. Lou Dobbs will be here in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Lou Dobbs was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between Lou Dobbs and myself, please visit my YouTube channel. Hit me with a subscribe, First Class Fatherhood. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and if you enjoyed today's interview with Lou Dobbs, I'd like to invite you to check out my interviews with some other Fox fathers that I've interviewed on First Class Fatherhood, including Sean Hannity, Pete Hegseth, and John Roberts. You may also be interested in my interviews with the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, Eric Trump, and so many others that are all available for you to listen to at your convenience in the archives of the podcast. All right, and Friday on the show, I'll be joined here by a Navy SEAL who was made famous by the documentary featuring Bud's Class 234. Travis Lively joins me for a Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood to close out the week. Don't miss out on that. Follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out who will be joining me here next week. And if you enjoy listening to the podcast, please consider hitting me with a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy listening to the podcast. It really goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about the podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Lou Dobbs. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Today's episode is being brought to you by Manscaped. And dads, 2020 has been a year of things happening that are completely out of your control. But there is one thing that you can control, and that is shaving that area that made you a dad in the first place. My sponsors over at Manscaped.com are here to remind you to do so. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premier electric trimmer that is waterproof with advanced skin-safe technology, so you never have to worry about scratching those love spuds while you're giving yourself a smooth shave. The Lawnmower 3.0 is included in the Perfect Package 3.0, and for a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package kit, you're going to get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. And let me tell you something right now, guys. The Anti-Chafing Cooling Boxer Briefs are the best pair of drawers I've ever put on. So what are you waiting for? Visit Manscaped.com. Use my promo code FATHER. You're going to save 20% off your order plus free shipping. That's 20% off your order plus get free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the promo code FATHER and get rid of those short hairs in your short pants today. Joining me now, First Class Father, Lou Dobbs. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Alec, thank you very much. Great to be with you. All right, let's start it like this. How many kids do you have and how old are they? Well, there are four of them and they range anywhere from 50 to 32. (laughs) Wow. Uh, You got grandkids too or what? Five of them. They range everywhere from 9 to 14. 
Wow, awesome stuff. Lou, if you could just take one minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Uh, I'm uh, the host of Lou Dobbs Tonight on the Fox Business Network. I've been, uh, been, at, uh, been at television news in one form or another uh, for about 40 some odd years. And that's what I do. To put that in context, I got my Lifetime Achievement Emmy uh, 15 years ago. So I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> on this time. Yeah, you've definitely been doing this for quite a while now. Uh, go, going all the way back to when you first became a father, about how old were you when you first became a dad, and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Well, I, I was relatively young, 25, 26. Uh, and how did it change? Uh, you know, I was young and thought I could do everything, include, uh, you know, uh, raise a kid, uh, be a father, whatever, and also pursue a career full time. Uh, the career won out uh, at that age. Uh, you know, I'm one of those guys who could say, I wish I knew uh, then what I know now, uh, but that isn't the way life works. And, uh, you know, uh, I was, I think, a better father, certainly by the time uh, my younger kids were born. Yeah, good stuff. And uh, we're going to get to your new book, the, the Trump Century, in just a minute here. I know you once you wrote a book called uh, War on the Middle Class. And yeah. this this whole pandemic has really been just that financially. It has taken a big toll on the middle class that combined with the riots that have really devastated a lot of middle class uh, business owners, small business owners and stuff like that. Uh, what kind of what would you say or what kind of advice? Or what do you see this economic recovery? How long do you see it taking and and when can the middle class expect to see uh, some light at the end of the tunnel here? Well, I think the middle class is, you know, the middle class is made up of people who have uh, struggled for the most part, who have aspired to be in the middle class. Uh, this country is the, the American dream, Alec, is alive and well. Uh, it isn't static. The middle class is made up of those who have been working hard, uh, oftentimes starting out uh, poor as they can be. I'd be one of those people uh, who had to work and to do his best to, you know, to move up the economic ladder. Millions and millions and millions of Americans do that. It's what makes the country great. So they're not daffodils and buttercups who have to be somehow swaddled uh, and coddled. Uh, the reality is Americans are coming through this, uh, I think, uh, better than a lot of people would have thought. Uh, are people struggling? Most certainly. And are people going through some deprivation? Absolutely. But, you know, I, I see us emerging from this uh, better uh, as a people, uh, better uh, as individuals. And I think it'll happen by, uh, I think we'll see real, real progress by the end of this year. What happens after that, of course, is uh, in large part determined by who we put in the White House uh, for those next four years. Uh, it's going to be critically important. Yeah, agreed. Well said, Lou. And, you know, one of the things I talk about on the show a lot here is that, uh, you know, financial literacy, economics is something that's so important, but yet it's not really taught uh, at the grade school level, the high school level of our education system. And I, I think it should be, especially uh, you know, introductory to, to this stuff. What kind of advice would you give to parents out there on how to introduce or what should they be? How should they introduce their kids uh, to financial literacy and economics? I, I think that a, a great way is to show them what a checking account looks like, uh, show them what a, what a dollar buys, and also show them how careful they are with those dollars they have. Because being careful with the money you have uh, is about keeping that money. 
it's too often we don't stress savings enough in our in our families or certainly with our children. Uh, and it, it's really important. And I think that the kids, by the time they're five or six, should understand that you, that parents are investing in themselves first. And I know this is sort of upside down to the way most people think. They think they should be putting that money into the kids. But people should be putting it into themselves because they've got to provide for those kids. They've got to create an environment in which they're safe and stimulated and, and secure. Uh, that means invest in yourself, your education. And as you're talking about, most people trying to teach children how to save and how to manage a budget uh, don't know themselves. So the first thing to do is invest in that education for themselves. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. One of the books I just gave my, my son's a freshman in high school, my oldest, I got four kids myself, and I just gave sure. him the uh, basic economics by Thomas Sowell to kind of give him like an introduction into it. Uh, but yeah, and, and I would say on that too, one of the things that buries a lot of the dads out here is that they're still paying off college debt themselves. They're still paying off the loan while they're trying to save for college for their own kids. And it just seems like such a daunting task for so many of them. And, and, and I know you're, you're a Harvard guy yourself here. In your opinion, uh, is it necessary for kids to have a college education today to succeed in today's world? Well, I think that it isn't necessary, but I do think that a, a man or woman in this in this day and age needs to be fully educated. And by the, it does not assure anyone that they're educated because they went to Harvard or they went to a community college or a tech uh, institute. That, that's no assurance at all. It just means that somebody was trying to educate them. Uh, the rest is obviously up to the individual. One of the great myths, Alex, is that uh, you know people should be spending every dime they've got to put a kid uh, in, in this college or that, a private university, $60,000 a year. And I have to tell you, my heart bleeds for those people because those parents who are trying to do everything they can for those kids have to understand it's up to the kid and there is no way in the world that kid a loving family would want those parents to be in debt for a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars for their education that they can get usually within 10 miles of their house at a community college, which is one of the greatest bargains in education in this country. And too many families overlook it. And it is a family decision. It isn't about an 18-year-old making his or her decisions. Uh, they may have desires, but those decisions so powerfully affect the family, their finances, and their future, that it has to be a family decision. And I would just urge everyone always to look at that community college uh, as or distance learning uh, as another better way uh, for the dollar to get an education. And it should be a matter of commitment on the part of that student uh, as to whether or not uh, they're going to put the kind of effort in to get that education that they both deserve and which they must desire and desire immensely, whether it's yeah. working three jobs, whatever, but whatever you do, and if I can say this to the young people watching it, don't put your, don't put your parents in that kind of position. Don't put yourself in the position of being $100,000 in debt uh, to to get something that is both uh, necessary, desirable, but it's illusory uh, because it just it's a it is not a trade-off that you want to make. It goes to the heart of finding value and not price. 
uh, in the importance of things. Yeah, very well said, Lou. And even now, you say you mentioned distance learning. Everybody right now, they're they're learning uh, on the screen. They're doing this virtual stay-at-home schooling, and they're yeah. still paying that big-ticket price of these colleges. And it seems like they're kind of just throwing it away at this point. I hope that every parent watching you hears me say this. You tell that university to go to hell. Uh, there is no excuse for that money to be written out of out of your pocket uh, for a university that is not providing everything uh, that was involved in the initial contract, room, board, a quality education. This is crazy what we're watching universities get away with, and they're not doing it uh, <laughs> uh, for any other reason uh, than to uh, maintain their high, uh, high standard of living for their employees rather than uh, they're not thinking about the students. Because the honest uh, answer here is, in anything else, Alec, think about this. Anywhere else in this country, we look at efficiency and productivity, but never in the university system, or for that matter, government itself. But the university system, the college system in this country, they want that money. They go through tuition hikes that are not explicable by inflation rates rising over the course of years. It is simply because they are the least productive, least efficient institutions in our in our country outside of government itself. Yeah, good stuff, Lou. And I, I know it's a struggle for a lot of parents out there right now, especially to having the kids that were supposed to be going away for school. Some of them are now home and it's just it's created uh, a lot of challenges for many and parents, especially like myself. Um, uh, you know, I have one child that's staying home with us for the entire school year right now. He's five days home. I have three that are five days in. So it's really it's kind of made a, a you know a mess of the schedule for everybody. But let me let me turn it over to your book here uh, that's out available now at the time we're putting this out here, the Trump Century. Uh, what made you, what was the genesis of you writing the book here? What can you tell the listeners about it? Today's episode is being brought to you by Mellon. Mellon has designed a hat in collaboration with Navy SEAL Jeff Nichols and the Lone Survivor Foundation. This united hat is designed to bring us together as a nation, as a global community, and as neighbors. It is designed to inspire hope in one another and to work together towards positive outcomes. This United Hat stands for getting things back on track and working together to get us there. United we stand. The Lone Survivor Foundation will be donating $10 for every Mellon United Hat sold. The Lone Survivor Foundation provides a no-cost post-traumatic program to help U.S. service members, veterans, and their families recover from combat trauma. Visit Mellon or tap the link in today's show notes and rock your United Mellon Hat today. United we stand. But let me let me turn it over to your book here uh, that's out available now at the time we're putting this out here. The Trump Century. Uh, what made you what was the genesis of you writing the book here? What can you tell the listeners about it? Well, I think that this is the most underrated president, certainly by the left wing national media, the radical Dems, the loyal opposition. Remember, when they were called the loyal opposition, Alec. Uh, they, they take on a president, uh, and, you know, fighting him in every way, obstructing in every way, resisting in every way. Uh, there is nothing loyal, uh, but there is everything oppositional uh, in the Democratic Party. So the reason I wrote the book is to put on the record for anyone who wants to pick it up uh, what have been the historic achievements of this president in his first, actually, three and a half years of his presidency. He didn't even need the full uh, four years of the first term to achieve historic success. And by that, I mean no president has achieved 
what this president has in four years in the country's history. It's remarkable. And done so against so many challenges, so many threats, and the efforts of one party. Think about this. The efforts of one party that have been at work since he was a candidate for the office of president, trying to block first his candidacy, then secondly block his election, then block his agenda, and then to overthrow the president uh, and absolutely remove a sitting president through any means possible, necessary, or available to them. It has been a daily enterprise on the part of what became the party of hate, the Democratic Party. Uh, And so that's why I wrote it, to put it uh, straightforwardly in objective terms, uh, what this president has done and what he will do, uh, and what has been his impact uh, already uh, that is irreversible in my judgment and will lay the foundation for the next uh, for the next century in this country. Yeah, he's definitely set the bar high as far as working hard as president. It's been, it, it, this isn't like the Democratic Party, like we think of the Democratic Party as uh, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And that slogan seems to be long lost from this party that just seems to be, uh, you know, when I had the president's son, Eric Trump, on the podcast here, I got destroyed on Twitter. And it's uh, I, I try to do my best to stay away from the politics, but it, it just get I do get uh, so much hatred coming from one side. And it's very um, it, it's been overwhelming for the last three years here. Well, it's, that's only part of the reason I refer to them as the party of hate, because the animosity, the vitriol, the venom they spew is uh, reflexive. It is pervasive. Uh, and with e- any suggestion of a value structure that differs from theirs in any way, it is scorched earth and uh, the politics of personal destruction uh, writ large uh, by some of the smallest people I can imagine who could be that, uh, just that vicious. It's really quite yeah. extraordinary. It is, Lou. Let me rein this back into you as a dad here for a moment now. Uh, what type of disciplinarian were you as a dad? And is that the t- similar type of discipline uh, areas that your kids became once they became parents? Well, I think that actually I, I'm very proud of uh, all of my kids. They're, they are very, uh, uh, I, I wish I could have been the kind of parent they, they have been. They are extraordinary, I think. Uh, they're patient, they're loving, they're positive, they're uh, and they're there for their kids. Uh, you know, it's uh, to me, it's a it's a great great uh, statement on their part. I look at them as the uh, as the role models for parenting, uh, and I, I you know I I would aspire for uh, for all parents to be uh, as uh, successful as they have been in their parenting efforts. Yeah, good stuff. What? How has the uh, transition for you been into uh, taking on the role of grandfather here? How, how has that been? Uh, how has that suited you since? Uh, what has the change from you as as Lou Dobbs the dad to Lou Dobbs the granddad? Well, I I have to tell you, it's a it's a wonderful uh, it's a wonderful place to be. Uh, you get all the uh, the privileges of uh, parenthood and, and very few of them the responsibilities. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's a wonderful time. It really is. Uh, and the responsibilities are, are minimum, uh, minimal. But the, uh, the fact is to watch kids grow uh, and develop uh, and become, uh, you know, young, uh, young, they're approaching young adulthood. Uh, it, it's really marvelous to watch. Uh, and uh, a wonderful thing. And, and I can't imagine why everybody doesn't have four to eight kids. 
Yeah, I'm right there. We we got but we got our girl on the fourth try. We got three boys and a little girl. If we didn't get her on four, we'd have five right now. But we got her, and she runs the show over here. There you go. Uh, um, all right. Well, listen. Obviously, you've had a long, uh, successful career here. You're at the Fox business. You got the new book out. What kind of goals or plans do you have here for yourself for the future, Lou? Well, I'm going to just keep reporting on what is a country in crisis. Uh, it is a time when we need uh, what I believe uh, is constant and uh, a reliable and accountable uh, reporting on what is going on in this country. And I believe that uh, that's my first job is to bring uh, a sense of the independent, objective reality that we all face and uh, and uh, look to who is actually getting things done for this country. We were talking about the middle class. The middle class is the center of this country's uh, existence. Uh, and without the middle class, we don't have a country. Uh, it's certainly not a country that, uh, that uh, would resemble anything our founders had in mind. So uh, I'm going to keep, uh, you know, throwing my shoulder into the middle of the arena uh, wherever uh, I feel it's necessary. And I'm going to... Uh, I uh, try to represent as best I can the, the traditions, the values, uh, the aspirations of uh, this, uh, this great nation. Uh, I think it's a, it's a great privilege to have the job I've got, uh, and it's one for which uh, I'm uh, eternally grateful. Yeah, and, and you say there that the America doesn't exist without the middle class. It also doesn't exist without our family units, which is really the backbone of our country here. And it's like the family unit has come under attack. It's a big reason why I'm out here pushing this podcast. We got so many kids that are growing up without a father in their life. And it's, a, it's we got a fatherless crisis here. And I think that, com, you know, just just just, com, just that alone, I think, has had such devastation on our society. If we could tighten up our family units, I think a lot of these problems would start going away. I think you're right. It, it's it's a very complicated issue on one level and on another so simple. Uh, neither party, although both talk about family values, actually lives up to them. Uh, we need to have uh, both parties committed first and foremost to the traditional American nuclear family uh, and to make certain that every policy, uh, we have uh, various policy areas where we have a mandated economic impact of those decisions. Uh, and what we really need is, first and foremost, an understanding for every piece of legislation, what will be the impact on the American family and what will be the impact on those children of those parents uh, in the American family. And how can we do as much as we can to assure uh, that media, uh, Hollywood, uh, our school systems, uh, our corporations uh, are working to make sure that this is uh, that wonderful environment we want for all of our children. Uh, it, I, don't, I can't think of a more important uh, uh, issue for all of us to, to think about, to act uh, upon every day, uh, and to put it in that light. I think what you're doing is extraordinary and wonderful, and I commend you for it, uh, a much needed uh, service to the country. Yeah, thank you very much, Lou. And the last thing I'm going to hit you with here, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Well, make sure you did as I did. Um, I actually won the Father of the Year Award uh, back in 1993. Uh, and I was asked at the luncheon where they give that, you know, how, do, how does it feel to be uh, Father of the Year? And, uh, and you know, how, how did how'd you do it? And I said, well... I managed to marry the uh, the mother of the century. Uh, so I would offer that good advice, if I may, uh, to everybody. 
Yeah, very well said. I love the message. The Trump Century, available now. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. Lou Dobbs, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Alec, you're great. Thank you very much for the invite. Enjoyed it. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Lou Dobbs for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Don't forget, Lou Dobbs' new book, The Trump Century, is available now. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. Friday on the podcast, former Navy SEAL Travis Lively made famous in the Buds documentary of Class 234 will be joining me here for a Frogman Friday edition of the podcast. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out who will be joining me here next week that's all i got for you guys today i'm alec lace thank you for listening to first class fatherhood and please remember guys we are not babysitters we are fathers and we're not just fathers we are first class fathers